Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. Hey family, this is Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for thought life in today's modern day. And as always, I am so glad you're tuned in because today we have a special guest on the microphone. Well, we always have special guests, but this one's even more special, right? So me and women have known each other for like a little hot minute, but we're already best friends forever. I'm going to keep her. And I wanted to share the world with her and how awesome and amazing she is. We have Minister Sheena Roll in the house. Are you there? I am here. Yes. <laughs> well, so glad to have you and welcome to the show. And I wanted to give you your full bio so everybody could know um, why you are so fun and amazing. Sound okay? That's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Minister Sheena Roll, she is a founder and lead strategist of FHJ Strategies, standing for Faith, Healing, and Justice. Gotta love that. FHJ Strategies is a consulting firm that works with churches and nonprofit organizations that engage in social justice work. She blogs at becomingrevroll.com. She's born and raised in Orlando, Florida. She's the daughter of a pastor and a union president, right? And her faith has always merged with the idea of a just world. So that's just, you know, the minute clinic stuff about her. This is this is the cool stuff about her. She's got a bachelor's degree in political science and another in English from Florida Agricultural Mechanical University, FAMU, as we all know. She got a lot of experience with serving on campus in international ministry, but even cooler, her ministerial call led her to Princeton, Princeton Theological Seminary. She graduated in the spring of 2018, and as a local and global leader and learner, she has studied and traveled throughout Europe, Africa, South America, the Caribbean, all across the U.S., of course, as well. She has been consistently devoted to connecting with people on a state, local, national, international level for over 15 years as a community organizer, public speaker, activist, trainer, minister, and dare I say, friend. <laughs> and she's dedicated her work and her study more deeply to God's word. And it is just that connection to today's world that we're wanting to have her in here on the microphone in the studio. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It is really exciting to be here with you today. Oh, good. I'm excited to have you. We all are. So I would love to just share with the community. Tell us more about how Sheena became Minister Roll. Yes. So I guess I'll start with the joke of the name of my blog, Becoming Reverend Roll, mm. um, because I'm coming like the second one. So my father was Reverend Roll, my mother. Mm. My mother was actually the union leader. And so like there is always this emphasis on faith and justice, very evident in the household. My parents were not, they did not experience higher education. So they didn't have all of the terms, right? And all of the academic words for their values. They just lived them out, mm -hmm. right? And so we learned, I learned my social justice, you know, background at the dining room table and watching my mom you know, fight the union, <laughs> you know, the folks who are trying to tear down the union or hear my dad tell stories. And so when I was going off to school, you know, the, the things that they tell, particularly young Black people who are coming from the hood, 
going off into the world is that your goal is to go to school, mm-hmm. get an education and to get out, mm. get out of the neighborhood, get out of the environment, go to whatever is considered better, um, mm-hmm. which is typically things totally separate from the culture that really um, prepped you and that raised you, right? Like you're one, one of the ones that can escape. And what I realize is all the people that I love are here, right? <laughs> and so what I really wanted to do was invest, not get out and escape. Um, so went to Florida A&M, was very active in campus ministry, ended up doing community organizing for what was the largest like worldwide organization for black and brown people and really got rooted in what my call was. Absolutely. And we've talked about that. You know, what happens when you know your purpose, Minister Roll? What happens when you know your purpose? You know, God is calling you for these things and you constantly choose to go left when he says to go right. He still gets you to that very same place, right? Absolutely. You know, I think when you know who you are and what Mm -hmm. is there, you're not just avoiding a call, you're avoiding yourself. And that's really impossible. So everything else that you do becomes uncomfortable. It becomes uncomfortable and impossible, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember sitting in the organizing office on a Saturday, working my little heart out and having people come randomly into the office who I didn't know. We're supposed to go upstairs to talk to lawyers and instead say, I don't know why, but I have to talk to you and like turn the moment into like a confessional because that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Exactly. And that's a similar story I have to, to becoming a therapist growing up. I, it wasn't anything that I did on purpose. People just naturally spoke to me. I always listened. I was extremely observant. Mm-hmm. I remember I took a, you know, those career like assessment Yeah. Career assessment test. What would you be most suited for when you grow up? And one of the top ones was psychologist. And I was like, very nice, but nah, I I passed. (laughs) Even though I had no idea I was going to be a therapist. But once I became a therapist, I realized all those moments before where God led me on a different journey. I love that you've come back around, right? With your purpose. And so over Mm -hmm. time, I realized that I was called to ministry, but my ministry was still justice. And I just needed to figure out how do those things coexist together? So after being like a good prophet, running from that call, I eventually (laughs) went to seminary and, you know, studied how to bring it all together. I love it. Love it. I love to hear that. All right. So Minister Sheena Roll, the whole show is called Do I Need Therapy? So where are you on that journey yourself? How have you engaged in that process? Oh, she's right in the middle of it. Um, Ah, ah, look at that. (laughs) And I don't, I'll be honest, I have come to the point where I don't really see therapy as the medicine that I need to fix something. Okay. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I'll be post therapy once I'm better, once I'm whole, I really see it as um, support for Mm -hmm. my full life health and wellness Mm -hmm. as I move forward. Right. I think, and if we look at it, I think that could be maybe easier and more accessible for folks who are a little bit afraid of it. But I definitely, I see my therapist. I love it. Great. I made a good choice. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so happy to hear that. So happy to hear that. So you're actually in the middle of it and having a positive experience with your therapist. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're a minister. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and I think it helps me be a better minister. 
I know one of my favorite things to say is yes, as the therapist with a therapist, <laughs> yeah. gosh, we have a lot of different parallels in what we do. So I knew that you would be perfect for this conversation. So I'm talking to our family, right? Our community, we've got a lot of black and brown and culturally diverse people. And we have large, large, large faith, very, very big faith. It's seen us through difficult times as individuals, as well as a people. So it's very ingrained in us from generation to generation. But one of the things that I'm coming across lately that has been a harder fight than I had expected, a harder battle or challenge, people think that Therapy is a rejection of God. Therapy as a rejection of the power of prayer or the power of belief. Therapy in direct conflict of their belief system. And I wanted to bring you onto the show to really, you know, have a talk about this. And can we have this process of talking to God and a therapist at the same time. So yeah, let's, let's buckle in family, because <laughs> if, if this hit you in any way, I'm hoping that this can be a helpful conversation. All right. So minister Sheena Roll, where do you think it came from? You know, how did this originate that therapy is in direct conflict with faith? Well, now I got to be Minister Roll. Um, <laughs> just a biblical context really quickly. I think it really gets to the core of this question, like what is God? Mm. Uh, so biblically, like starting with the Old Testament, there are all these warnings around like what's in and what's out, mm -hmm. right? What are people of faith um, allowed to do and seek and what are they not, right? right? And so somehow that translates over generations and thousands of years, like culturally, whatever is part of the culture is Christian and it's God and whatever is outside of our understood culture is outside of God, right? Mm -hmm. So one, we forget that God is the God of everybody. Like if we, as a Christian, if you hold that Christian belief, God's, God is the God of everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, Psalms 24 says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all the people in it and all the stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So like all the good stuff that you can find on the earth, that's God. Absolutely. Right. But we don't tend to look at our faith that way. We tend to look at it as like a checklist of what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And so because it's not on the identified checklist, therapy seems to be like this outside thing that you're leaving the church for and seeking out of the world. And I think that trips us up a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Because religion, there's a lot of structure to it. And, you know, unfortunately, that structure has been seen as something that is inclusive versus exclusive. But we have to remember that it's, it's less black and white. And inside of that process, God uses everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God is behind the creation of therapists on the show. You know, <laughs> that was God led. 100%. And hopefully that person can be in help and assistance to someone else. And that also is something from God, I believe. You know, when you're reaching out to be of help, to be of service, that is something. There's a lot there around culture and mm -hmm. cultural protection. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can, we said we talk real here. So if we could talk, you know, in a very real way about yes. the different cultures that make up America and the history of how mm -hmm. our cultures have collided, black and brown people often have been harmed 
by structures that were not created within their communities, right? Mm -hmm. So people already living under subjugation, living under oppression, and then these cultures, often the medical industry, the mental health industry, even coming out of white structures don't start with a mind from cultural competence for black and brown people. And Mm -hmm. so they may not understand like how we talk, our family systems, things like that. And so there's sometimes a mismatch, right? And so people within your culture will see you as like turning away, turning your back on Mm -hmm. our folks to go kind of tell our deepest secrets and pain to people outside the community. And so it puts you as an outsider and nobody wants to be outside of their circle, you know? the black and brown experience is different. It, it is different. It has a lot of nuance to it, a lot of history and a lot of pain. It makes a lot of context into how we are today, how our families are, how we behave, how we operate, how we look at life mindsets. And when somebody can miss those nuances, it can feel different. So we might as well just go ahead and keep what we've always known, such as the church. It's this really interesting cycle that constantly goes back and fortifies. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, historically, with mm-hmm. particularly within the Black community and the Black church, the church has been the centerpiece of society. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, it's the thing, really? Real talk? The Black <laughs> church is the thing that the Black community has built and sustained over generations and held on to. It's our thing. It's our stuff for us, by us, right? Mm -hmm. And so what that also has meant is there's been this expectation that we can get all of our needs met in this one place. And if you get them met somewhere else, again, you're betraying the church. And so there's this expectation for the pastor to do the premarital counseling, to Mm -hmm. to be the child psychologist, Mm -hmm. to minister the women and the men and seniors who are aging and be able to speak to how do you navigate the workplace and to do all these things, right? And that's just the pastor. Right. But in the moments where there's a gap, right? right where there's, there's a need for more. I think we forget the bigness of God. God gives us space for more good stuff, but we often see it as, oh, you're turning away from God. And sometimes the church house is not actually God. Mm-hmm. It's just the place that we come together to remember God, but they're not the same. Right, right. And that's a that's a tricky one to to navigate, you know, and it, it depends on also the individual and what they're going through. That's why church is so personal, mm-hmm. because it's your own personal experience that you're walking through the door with. And then it's your own personal experience that you're talking to God with or, you know, talking to the other congregation who are friends or acquaintances or talking to your pastor. It's very, very personal. So everyone walks through those doors and has a different experience. So yeah, that is a really good point. CC Kurt 05 writes, Dr. A is great. I just listened and I really like her show already. She's calm and fun and has good information to think about with therapy. Thanks for being with the family and I appreciate those kind words. And if you want to be a part of the family and hear your review on the air, just go to Apple Podcasts, go to the show page where you see my picture, scroll all the way down to the stars, put in your star rating and submit your written review. And perhaps your review will be picked for the shout out next week. I'm also wondering what happens if you get harmed at church? Mm -hmm. When you experience church hurt, 
Right. That can't be the same place to help you heal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so some people say, well, just find a better church. But sometimes you need a different environment, a different space, a different set of mm-hmm. expertise to help mm-hmm. you deal with this beloved place that has caused harm. That is a, a very good point too. You you would hope that there's a process inside of the church to address that. Certainly would hope that that would be the case 100%. But then you'd also want to be able to process that outside of that environment as well, right? Church is there for specific avenues and it's it's open and very broad but it can't be everything all the time, which is why you want to always have other resources and supports, always. I don't think that's a direct conflict. I think that's a, a both and situation. Mm-hmm. You know, It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be black or white. And church can be one and therapy can be another. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I wanted to actually talk about one thing in particular, pastoral counseling. That's good stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I I talked with a previous anonymous caller who came, who let us know that she began her therapy journey through church. Her pastor referred her to the psychiatrist that ended up really helping her with being married for a number of years and ending that marriage for her own, you know, Mm self-care. And that was a big, big deal. So pastoral counseling, if you could give like a quick explanation in your point of view or perspective what is pastoral counseling exactly yeah and I I think I would love to start with differentiating Mm -hmm. between pastoral care and pastoral counseling oh please do Um, pastoral care you know they ministers pastors Mm -hmm. take on the spiritual responsibility and care and leadership of their flock of the people that are drawn to them, mm-hmm. right? And that's really important because we need that social, emotional, spiritual support and foundation. I think when you cross the line into pastoral counseling, where I've had psychologists who also had specialties in Christian mm-hmm. counseling, mm-hmm. right? And so they could speak to my identity as a Christian woman, as clergy, they could speak to my experience, but they were formally technically trained, you know, as psychologists. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives a good balance because they have all the technical skills to 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 help my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're trained in the study of the mind in society. And then they also culturally understand me spiritually. That's very different than when I go to my pastor who I love that doesn't have that training. But she can talk to my heart. She can she understands me as a person. She knows mm-hmm. my goals and values. And this is this speaks to your um, both and scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Good to have a pastor and a sister circle and a therapist. <laughs> All of them can help you with your wellness. You know, like that's a good support system there. Absolutely. That pastoral counseling. I know that pastors do do it. I know that ministers and pastors and preachers and you know whatever other word verbiage of a church leader that you relate to, priest, they do do counseling. Um, there is some kind of training for that, but it's not the full breadth of psychology. And that's okay. That's okay. So a lot of churches, usually big churches, they have that process where you are able to go into your church and make an appointment with pastor or one of the pastors accordingly. And you have, usually it's a spiritual direction that starts. But I think what's really wonderful and lovely is that even the churches have recognized that therapy and faith 
have a union. There's an ability to join there. So inside of that, a lot of pastoral counseling done by the church leadership, they do have direct referral systems and networks to recommend directly to therapists and counselors and psychiatrists. And that is what I really do appreciate. I really, really do appreciate the the growth of churches in that specific direction. What do you think about that inside of your community? I mean, I think that one of the best things that pastors can do is exactly that is refer people mm-hmm. when they need more consistent, specialized care. People forget that there's a reverence, literally reverent, um, <laughs> that, that clergy um, receive. And so when they say something culturally, they start to normalize it, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and all of a sudden, it, well, it can't be that bad. Pastor told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's worth it, right? And so then what it can do is, Yes, get you the support that you yourself need and your family needs, but it also creates a different standard and community understanding, Mm -hmm. right? It's almost blessed by God because of pastors. Look at that. Blessed by God. I like that. (laughs) You know, go talk to Dr. April. And so (laughs) I think once we start to do that, we, ha- we can expand. We can start to see God at work in different ways. We can start to see our therapists as, mm-hmm. as a gift from God, mm-hmm. right? So like Matthew 7, 11 talks about how fathers give good gifts mm-hmm. to their children. And so we can look at therapy as one of the good gifts from That's God absolutely because it's there, it's available to us, right? And so I think it's fantastic when pastors do that. I I definitely know when to say, you know, I think that you should talk to someone um, mm-hmm. specialized. I'm happy to continue to support you and walk this journey with you. And I think that you should seek some counseling. Let's look at some folks who are available. Here's some references. Um, and I think people appreciate when you're honest mm-hmm. about your limitations in their life. I like that. And I was, you just asked, answered my next question was, what are the things that you look for when somebody's talking to you and you're realizing that that is the next step that you have to do with a referral. Yeah, I think it's a good example to give from some of the professional coaching that I do. So I do professional coaching to help people navigate the workplace Mm -hmm. in a healthy way, particularly in the professional context that I'm from doing social justice work. And I do it from the heart of Mm -hmm. pastoral care. But when I see, you know, there are things that are coming up from someone's past, um, there's pain that they haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. We've used the different uh, worksheets, you know, put together. <laughs> We've worked through, you know, certain scenarios, and there's still some inner blockages that are just help. Okay, you know, I can, I will pray with you. I will be there as the, you know, arm for you. And I believe that you should speak to someone. And so I'll tell mm-hmm. my clients, let's look and see what your EAP looks like. And yeah. so you can get three sessions to focus on this thing. This thing keeps coming up. It's not even necessarily relevant to what we're talking about in your workplace now, but it keeps coming up for you, which means it's worth giving treatment to, right? Good. So when there are things that are outside of the context, maybe have been lingering for a long time, untreated, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. something that just will send someone nosediving emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, they're flags for me that this is beyond you know, I need a little sport. I need some prayer. This is beyond how do you deal with this coworker? Right. You need some additional support. 
I like how you shared all of that. And for family, just in case you weren't aware, EAP is your employee assistance program. And usually when you work for larger companies, even the small ones, sometimes they usually have an EAP available to you where you would be able to ask for their employee assistance and see if they also work with mental health professionals, then they direct you over to them. And you would be able to have a certain number available for free provided by the workplace. And it's a really good thing to always ask and inquire about. So that's what she was mentioning with the EAP. So very, very, very true. You mentioned when emotionality keeps coming up, when things keep coming up, when you're realizing that there are some things that are unresolved, when uh, you are have run out of worksheets, <laughs> you said. <laughs> okay, I understood. About, if, I, if there's a concept, I will make a worksheet for you. <laughs> you will have homework to do. <laughs> right. So when they went through all the homework and it's, it's still real, it's the struggle is still real. Okay, absolutely. So pastoral counseling is an answer that says that yes, faith and therapy are able to be combined. A lot of um, pastoral counseling leadership inside of churches do have that direct network. So remember that the church has already made steps. Perhaps it's not showed up in your church, but this is actually a new process that has, has begun already. It's already been embraced, which I really do appreciate. And I wanted to also speak to Christian counseling, which is kind of the opposite. It is counselors, therapists, psychiatrists who have specializations in the aspect of talking about Christianity and faith. They have trained courses and certifications and specific educational outcomes related to that. And I believe, at least in the States, there is actual ability to be certified as a Christian counselor. And it just means that that professional has taken the time to be able to more spiritually talk to what you believe in, talk to your faith, maybe be able to invite additional things such as prayer into that that conversation. So this is actually something you will see with therapists online whenever you search for them. If you see them through a mental health directory, sometimes it'll pop up as a specialization, a specialty, an extra credential or a certification of Christian counseling. So it goes both ways. The church has invited counseling into their realm and has a referral network. And then it's the opposite with the mental health professional world that we have go into the spiritual and faith realm with more education to be able to serve those people who feel like that would be very, very valuable. So there's another way faith and therapy can combine. You can talk to God, have faith and do therapy at the same time. What do you think? I think it's the right way to go. Because there are times where people of faith go to therapy. If you're already distraught, you don't really have the language always to give out your context. And, you know, so if you have a therapist that doesn't really know how to speak to your faith, Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand why you operate a particular way. You might spend a lot of time getting to know each other for your therapist, understanding that's important without really getting to some of the things that you need assistance with. I think it's a huge value add when you have someone who understands, can speak to it, is trained in it, and can offer all of the expertise Mm -hmm. from the psychological world. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I had talked with clients who have shared with me really positive stories of that particular fact. So family, if you're out there and this is a struggle that you've been having, 
You can specifically look online for therapists with Christian counseling specializations, Christian counselors, and the like. It, it is powerful. And also, you can call your church and see if they have referral networks already available and ready for you too. So we're going to kind of just start wrapping up here. And I, I got a bunch of things on my head and I'm just like, where do I start? But I'm going to go to you first. Like, what kind of advice would you give to the family about seeking therapy along with their faith? I would say the first thing is to remember how much you love God. Mm. And no matter how much you love God, God loves you more. Mm. And that love that God has for you means that God's inherent wills for you to be well, which means that every good thing out there that God has for you is meant to help you be well. So God, God wants you to have it all. This, like everything is yours, <laughs> right? And if you can yes. start from that mindset, like God sees me as deserving and glorious and all these things are laid up available to me, mm-hmm. then there is nothing that God wants separate from you that can allow you to be better. And there's nothing that can really separate you from the love of God anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I may speak on that, relying on prayer and therapy does not make you spiritually weak at all. It holds you stronger because, because God puts so many different resources in your path to keep you inherently well, as you said. He's possibly even using that therapist for you. God works through everything and everyone. He can work through other people, like having the right therapist show up at the right time for you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts or advice? What I'll say, and I'll, I'll just speak on something quickly that you mentioned around like prayer and therapy together doesn't make you spiritually weak. Mm. Um a couple of years ago, I went through an incredibly low point and I knew that I needed mental health support. Mm. I was nominally functional and needed to knew that I needed to get to a better place. If for no other reason, on behalf of all the things that God was calling me to do. And it was not weakness. It was strength that allowed right. me to go to church. If I can do anything else, I would see my therapist on Friday, make it to church on Sunday, see what then was going to be on, on Monday, <laughs> how I made it through. Nice. And what it was like, I had to command as much strength and courage as possible mm-hmm. to claw my way out of that low point into mm-hmm. a better place. Nice. And praise God, it worked. My therapist, my friends, my church, my pastor, my faith community, infuse strength in me and then called upon me to use the strength in me. And so I really, I want people to not think that you're weak because Mm -hmm. you are utilizing these, these support systems. Your faith can actually grow your strength while you use these other tools. And I also want us to be free from and unbound by the concept of a strong black woman. Mm -hmm. Christ is strong enough for us mm-hmm. and invites us to lay bare our pain so that we can generate the strength for later. Absolutely. But be, lying about our pain is not strength because Christ never did it. So we don't have mm-hmm. to do it either. That's, that's what I have to say. <laughs> I love all of that. All of it. And you're right. He didn't lie about his pain. He he retreated sometimes, he meditated, but he didn't lie about what he was going through. He talked about it. 
And that is really important. And he sought counsel and he sought prayer and both in the same. He had a group of people around him that he confided in, you know, wonder if, even, you know, certain people were a therapist to him, but then he also spoke to his father on a regular basis and, you know, writes in the Bible, seek and you shall find. And God always surprises us with the answers, the solutions <laughs> in his own way or his specific answer or solution to you. Like, really, really, Lord, really? <laughs> you had no idea that he had some of these things in store for you like therapy. So, you know, go towards it, <laughs> go towards it. Remember that a lot of times therapy and when you have that space to talk about what matters most to you, what you believe in, what is important to you, that can actually deepen your faith as well. It can make it more strong, supported and sparked and joyful. It can deepen what you're experiencing along your walk with God. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to share that out to the family, right? The more we are supported, the more we have available to us is the quicker we can get to our goals. So why not utilize every single arsenal that you have at your disposal and asking for help? All right. So Minister Roll, I was wondering, you know, we kind of always end it just getting some last information from you because we want to thank you so much for being on the show. Just wanted to check out where are you online? Where can the people find you? Yes. So if you are seeking professional services as a church or as a nonprofit and you're wondering how do you live out your values of faith, healing and justice, you can definitely connect with us at FHJ Strategies. That's FHJstrategies.com. And if you just want to know what's going on in my mind and what I'm thinking about the world, you can also always find my blog, um, Becoming Rev Role, R-O-L-L-E, um, dot com. We so appreciate you being here, Minister Roll, Sheena. It was yes. great to have you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for inviting me. Wonderful. And then last, last thing, just a quick little lightning round. Just mm -hmm. a little tiny lightning round. Okay, you ready to go? Absolutely. Mac or PC? Mac. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite Starbucks order? Mm. Iced matcha green tea latte. I like that. Nice and refreshing. What is your favorite thing to do in the world? To sit at the beach and in the ocean. I can certainly relate and understand that one for sure. I'm sure the family could too. Last thing, a favorite quote that you'd like to share. My father, Reverend Roll, had a saying, you cannot feed doctrine to a hungry man. So I mm. remember that. Mm. that is great as God is, doctrine is not enough to meet our needs. Mm, absolutely. So, like we said, we invite all the resources at our disposal. Mm -hmm. And whatever God has in our path, take advantage and step into it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, 
Peace, love, and mental wellness. <laughs>